glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch Coming in hot. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's good to be back. It's episode 329 of Kicking It with the King. It is March 1st, 2021. And Jesus Christ, I looked at my phone last night. It was February 28th. Uh, the next time I look at my phone, I'm just like, holy shit, it's March 1st already? I didn't even like, I didn't even know that. I mean, I, I knew that there was one of the months that are shorter than the others, but I end up looking at my phone, right? And, um, it's March 1st already. I'm just like, holy shit, already? So it's pretty wild, man. I mean, I didn't realize it. I mean, this year, sorry, we're already in the third month already of 2021. I mean, not necessarily relatively eventful as 2021, 2020 was, excuse me, around this time. But March is like, like almost coming up on the one year anniversary of the when all this bullshit started happening, right, so it's, uh, it's coming up on March, it's already March, it's pretty crazy, my birthday's in July, so too, um, it's coming up, and this year's really going by kind of fast, not really, there's no need to rush, there's so, so much left to accomplish in this entire year, so we'll leave it at that, so like I said, as uh, before we begin, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we're available everywhere you get your shows exclusively on Spotify. You can listen to us, you can stream us. If you have Spotify Premium, I do believe you can download episodes of our podcast exclusively. And you could keep them for offline use. Or if you're driving up to the mountains and you don't have service or you don't want to use any battery life or any more battery life than you need to because you have all the episodes streamed you could stream it on your alexa you could stream it everywhere you fucking get your shows ladies and gentlemen but mainly on spotify we push for spotify if not spotify apple podcast you know you know what ladies and gentlemen everywhere and anywhere you get your shows wherever you're wherever you are that you want to consume this motherfucking podcast by all means ladies and gentlemen we are not judging you here and speaking of this motherfucking podcast some exciting news and it's actually funny because it's like one of the significant times where i should be on camera to show what i'm talking about but um the shirts came in the podcast t the first ever official podcast he has come in and my god it looks amazing i mean i, I knew it because you know how um 
Amazon and you know anywhere you you go that you buy something online you have the tracking so when I buy something or purchase something or you know, have something designed like don't like how it had the shirt design it had tracking the tracking number on it so I could see where it was and then you know you know how I was just talking about how it's March 1st I was like oh so like a few more days until the shirt arrives then boom it's March 1st already because it's we, we ended the month at February 28th so I was like oh shit the shirt arrives and I woke up this morning the post um man or woman or whoever it is uh showed up and then boom it was in there man it looks amazing the quality is just absolutely outstanding man it's like oh my god it's it's real perfect. I'm wearing it right now. And, and and let me tell you, it's a size too big. But I just didn't know, you know, because I don't want shirts that, like, hug my body. You know what I mean? I like to have ones that are a little looser. So I get, like, a shirt that's a size bigger. I could probably been like, a normal XL. But, you know, like I said, it's the first one. The first ever one. I really, really like it. And um, some quick little announcements on that. Um some more of these ones will definitely go out because I really, really like this one and um, I'd feel the same way about, you know, I would, I would imagine people would want to feel the same way about, you know, being able to get their hands on them or, or at least being able to give a couple away to some lucky fans or podcast listeners. I mean, there's still so much um, thought, pro so much of a thought process to put into this when it comes to contests, when it comes to, you know, one lucky listener and some people receiving prizes and shit from the show and stuff like that. We're, we're barely getting into that. Not because we haven't thought about it. I mean, I've thought about designing tees for a very long time. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're in March now, as I was just saying. And I think it was, I don't remember exactly whether it was March or May that we started the pod. Because we started it in, in March or May of 2016. And how ironic of me not to um, remember the only fuck... The, the first fucking day of... of uh, not the first fucking day. I do remember the thought process I had. I remember exactly where I was when I first had thoughts and aspirations of trying to do a podcast and setting myself up to do one. But I don't remember if it was May or March. But all I know has been six years plus, and probably for about three three years, probably. I hope not a little bit more than that. But um, three years or so, I've been thinking about doing one. So we finally, uh, you know, obviously here we are, we're episode three twenty nine. We're deep in. But I was gonna say like the first draft of the podcast shirts look good. So I'd like to um personally put out a few more of these shirts because they are very expensive i paid for the highest quality of of artwork for it so they're high quality it was about like 40 bucks nearly a shirt so it's like 40 bucks a shirt so um on top of the the, the ink and the printing and all it all comes in the package and stuff like that but um yeah, it's pretty expensive. So pretty, you can't just hand these babies out for free unless you got a, a pretty penny in your pocket. I just realized, you know, they're very valuable shirts. And you know, obviously, they're the first ever. And they're also special edition show um, podcast tees that were designed. And it took me a fucking long ass time to, to design it in perfect placement. And for me to really sit and like it. Because, you know, there was like three or four times. I probably, you know, three or, yeah, three and a half, four times probably that I looked at the design and I was I just wasn't ready. I wasn't confident. I wasn't comfortable for it. So I kind of went back and you know second guessed myself a couple times and I don't know. I just you know I just 
settled on this one. So I'd like to um release a couple more of these ones. Obviously for unisex or man or whoever. But um some designs I was thinking about earlier. Um since I, you know, obviously gonna get back in the design lab and um, obviously do a little bit more brainstorming and you know when it comes to putting out products and clothing items and and stuff you think people are going to want and like and want to represent you've got to put out something that that's popular like you know like for example what came to mind my mind because summer is coming up and people are going to have the itch to get outside and go outside I think either um, you know I was thinking either maybe some fitness shirts some podcast official um, kicking with the king um, fitness shirts as well as like maybe some no for the women for sure I, I am I am 100% gonna do the for the women the um, tank tops so official tank tops so that would be something really cool I'm really really looking into that um have it really you know when I'm in the design lab and when I take my time to design these I, I analyze everything very carefully I look at everything and you know before I put a product out or before I put a podcast out or an idea, I I put a lot of, uh, what's it called? I, I put a lot of thought into it before I do it because like, you know, it may take a little longer, but, um, you know, obviously slow and steady wins the race. You've heard a lot of people say, and, and you know, when you're focusing on something a little, a lot harder than anything, you know, and you take a lot longer because you're working to make sure every little detail is absolutely sharp. That makes perfection in a way, you know, like I said, for the shirts. And now thinking about the designs, I mean, I'm going to put out some uh, official kicking with the king. Um, the first draft, first season shirts, the ones like the, the one I'm wearing right now, basically the one that I just put all over Instagram, all over Snap, all over Twitter. So that same one will be available in uh, for women as well and, you know, men as well. And, and there'll be more. Obviously, I wouldn't urge anybody to get double XL and, you know, specific sizes should get a little like one of each size. And hopefully the lucky winners are, and the lucky listeners and whoever gets their hands on this on these special edition t-shirts next will be 100% satisfied. So that's something exciting that we've got um, in the books, obviously, um, need to come up with a lot a lot of different ideas and and um you know obviously you can't just put rush and put things into production right away but we we can have better ideas and you know kind of go through the ideas and what we really what i really want to do and what i feel would be most beneficial and have a reach out to lots of different people and and you know obviously like i said you know for the podcast or podcast t-shirts but, you know, in the, in the future, it'd be nice to expand and, and do a little bit more, you know, like just from the podcast to just, um, what's it called, setting up and utilizing and putting together a really efficient brand. Because, like, for the longest time, um, I had long aspirations for thinking about, like, working with athletes. Not, like, working with athletes, but promotion, you know, promoting their fights, talking about their fights, interviewing them. Also giving them a platform to speak along with, um, you know, having my logo on their shorts, you know, like a, a official podcast sponsor. But with sponsors come payments and every time you fight, you get a certain amount of payments and stuff. And, you know, you get paid from your sponsors and stuff. So if you're not really like set up financially or you don't have a structured plan for stuff like that, you can't 
put it into production. And, and no, that's something I've learned over the years. So I've had a lot of freaking blueprints and a lot of different stuff that I've uh, thought about and, and things. Obviously, you, know, you, you got to put your thoughts to, you know, pen to paper, essentially. So you got to really set yourself up for what you really want to do. And that's kind of what we're doing this year. So this this year is going to be really exciting. And um, I'm really excited to see what uh, comes out of it because there's a lot of work to be done. And there's a lot of things that we've been excited for. So, um, yeah, the first drafts of the T-shirts in, are in uh, first things first i will um get a couple a few more of uh a few more of uh these ones xl probably and uh design uh, official um taken with the king's women's uh um tank top as well so those are the first two official things that we'll be doing and that will be coming in the next couple of months so i mean it takes a long time to put together stuff and plan things and you know, do all the blueprints and all the artwork and stuff like that. So I really want to make sure it's perfect for my, I mean, I, I'm my own biggest critic. So I want to make sure everything I do is perfect for my eyes and to for the public to consume. Great review so far on the shirts. Lots of people like them. I've been getting people tell me how much, how sick it is, how cool it is. And it's probably not even fully, uh, like people are still flooding in with the, the comments and, I genuinely appreciate that, so uh, we can continue on with that. So, um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, we've got UFC 258 right around the corner. It is fight week. We've got a triple header um, headlined by three dominant champions. I mean, right as I said that, I opened Instagram and I fucking see it. Fight week. We got Blahovich taking on Adesanya. Adesanya is um looking to become a double champion, the latest addition to the double champions in this UFC era. We've got another champ, champ who's already the champ, and I've said on the other uh, the other day on the podcast how uh dominant Amanda Nunes is and how how she how she's the baddest female fighter on the planet. She's a Mike Tyson of MMA. It's a hard debate. It's a big sell. Um, between her and Chris Cyborg to, and big debate for who is the baddest female fighter on the planet. But, hey, Amanda Nunes holds a win over Chris Cyborg. So for right now, Amanda Nunes is the baddest woman on the planet. And she takes on a woman who seeks to become one of the baddest females on the planet and uh, the latest um, fighter to become a world champion at... a female fighter to become a world champion at 145, former Invicta FC featherweight champion. Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson's tough, man. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. The long-awaited rematch down at Bantamweight. We got Piotr Jan taking on Aljamain Sterling, man. That's an exciting fight. We've been waiting for that one for so long. So uh, we'll get into all that. We're going to talk about it all. Um, I wanted to start, you know, obviously from top to bottom. You know, obviously in the Blahovich versus Adesanya fight. I wanted to clarify some comments that I made on uh, what is it last this recent Saturday, so the last fight night. So uh, last Saturday on the podcast, I had said that um, I I mean I said it on Twitter too. I just said that Jan uh, Blahovich. I mean he's a fantastic fighter. Like I said, knockout power for days. I mean he hits you clean, man. You're gonna go out. I mean lots of people have learned that. He got he slept Corey Anderson. I mean, he had Jimmy Manuel on the back foot for that whole entire fight. I mean, he he knocked out Luke Rockhold. I mean, he stopped Aaliyah Latifi with a nasty body kick. I mean, he's a powerful, powerful fucking fighter. Real fucking powerful, man. You can't take too many 
of shots from Jan Blachowicz, that's for sure. Um, but for the in the corner of Israel Adesanya, I'd say that striking-wise, Israel's just far more creative and excellent with his angles. I mean, nasty elbows, nasty kicks, quick hands. He covers distance well. And just on paper, it seems like Israel would be a bad fight for him anyways. But, you know, you can't underestimate Jan Blachowicz. I mean, lots of the people that have underestimated him have... Uh, you know, unfortunately paid the price and uh, woke up with a flashlight in their face. Will he do that to Israel Adesanya? I don't ne necessarily think it's going to be a walk in the park because obviously Israel's a champion for a reason. And obviously, I'm pretty sure he looks at this as every single, every, uh, you know, it's part of his legacy. It's something he wants. He's motivated, he's hungry, and he's ready to um, maximize on on uh, opportunity to become another obviously another uh two division champion in the ufc i mean if israel Adesanya wins the light heavyweight title this weekend that's gonna create a, a huge uh list of possible opportunities because a lot of questions come with that okay this this, this happens with every single champ champ now what weight class are they gonna reside at are they going to defend at both weight classes are they not going to return to the previous weight class which was a lower weight class because they don't you know if israel moves uh, and beats jan volhovich this weekend is he going to defend the middleweight belt i mean he's not really a big middleweight i mean he's not even going to be a big light heavyweight if anything he's going to be undersized in the fight and i mean he he could do it if he, if he has aspirations to defend both belts i'm pretty sure physically he can his body probably can hold up because he's not too big and he's not too small so i mean when it comes down to the styles man styles make fights and i just think israel's too crafty on the feet and yan and it's like dude just he's too stiff i mean he moved he's quick and stuff like that and um he, he if he lands like i said he, he hits you, and, you know, obviously people get concussed, man. Jan fucking punches like a, uh, punches fucking hard. But, you know, Israel Adesanya isn't the last few opponents that he's fought. I mean, obviously the, the last few opponents that Jan has fought, legitimate opponents for sure. But Israel's just different, man. And as I'm not trying to sit here and ride the coattails or, or back one side completely. I know this is a fight game. I know anything could happen, and we've seen crazier things happen, and, you know, we, we might be in for something crazy to happen this Saturday. Interesting, man. It'll be very interesting. Because, I mean, if Israel uses the distance and, and, you know, obviously relatively makes it makes it a safe but technical fight and very effective and has an effective performance, I mean, he can avoid that, that power all day long. I mean, there's no one thing that Jan does that's great. I mean, he has power, but if you can't put power together and land that perfect shot for 25 minutes or less then you're really not gonna I mean, there's nothing there's nothing that Jan can do to Israel that we haven't seen anybody try or do and Israel gets stronger as the fight goes and you know he he he's a master of distance he's a master of uh, uh, of accuracy and he puts it all together that's why he's a champion. He's able to put all his video game-like skills together. Like, literally, it's like he's a cheat code in a video game. 
an anime character. I mean, fucking like a, a modern day Bruce Lee. Like this guy is a superstar, and he has the absolute skills to back it up. So, um, big win if Israel is able to get it done against Jan Blachowicz on the side of Jan Blachowicz. If he's able to get it, uh, get a win over Israel Adesanya, that will uh, be Israel's first loss in MMA, and also, you know, uh, he's going to be sending him back down to middleweight with the loss. That's a big if. Same thing as a big if if Israel Adesanya wins. So, um, we're going to get into fight predictions. Should we just talk about the fights and then give our predictions at the end? I mean, I'm... Ah, man, it's such a hard one to go against Blahovich, especially with the the last uh, performance he put on against Reyes. But then again, like you think about everybody's thoughts about that. When it came, when it came down to Jan Blahovich and Dominic Reyes competing, people were expecting... Uh, Reyes to win because of his, you know, uh, near perfect performance against John Jones. Even though he came up on the losing end, people thought that Reyes was the uncrowned champ. Once John Jones left that division, Reyes deemed himself the uncrowned champ in a lot of people's eyes, and we saw what happened. I mean, he obviously was a, a really, uh, it wasn't like a one-sided performance by Reyes. He did good in that fight. He did get cracked. Got his nose busted and, you know, unfortunately got stopped later in that fight. But 10 times out of 10, I feel like that would be a competitive fight. And he did make it competitive up until he got his nose broken and then obviously spelled the ending of that fight later on. Um, but, you know, like I said, 10 times out of 10, I think that fight's very competitive 50-50 for Reyes and Blahovich. But, yeah, Blahovich, like, you know, he doesn't do anything to me that really... He fights good. He fights real good, but... You know, going back to my statement, he doesn't do anything that's just like, oh my god, you've got to see this. This guy is much, must see TV. Is anybody saying that about Jan Blue? I mean, I love watching the guy fight. He's very entertaining. He's funny. Uh, I listen to a lot of his interviews. I mean, he, he's he's a real humble guy. Very, very uh, charismatic in a, a lot of ways. I mean, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I don't know, just, I don't know, I don't, I don't have an excuse for it, man, I don't have a, I don't have any reason for it, it's just, it's just what I feel, and it's what I see when I watch him fight, when I watch his film, when I, when I see him fight live, Blahovich is, is a motherfucking monster, but, you know, like I said, that, that might raise his stock significantly higher if he's able to put one in the bag against Israel Adesanya, man. Interesting fight, but and if we talk about it a little bit later, we'll, we'll get back to talking about it because we're gonna um end the show doing fight picks and stuff like that, or end this this big discussion. But we're gonna talk about the second one too. So Amanda Nunes versus uh, Megan Anderson. I just um I talked about it the other day. I said that um you know Megan Anderson's tough. She's tall. She has lots of power. She strikes well. She's good in the clinch and. She has dangerous submissions on the ground too, and she has really long legs. And she's super tall for a girl, and um, obviously, I uh, actually cat. Uh, I said I was gonna say catched. I caught the countdown show. Um, I was able to watch that yesterday before I left. Um, and uh, you know, it's really, really pumped up. Really, really uh, energized watching the UFC two fifty nine countdown show. Um, and they look, everybody looks so ready. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic card. You know, pray that COVID doesn't get the best of any of the fighters on this card. 
Um, but yeah, Megan Anderson versus Amanda Nunes. I mean, when you get a, a champion that's as dominant as Amanda Nunes has been and really can't even remember the last time that she lost, I mean, is Megan Anderson going to be the one to do it? Do, do people think that Megan Anderson will be the one to do it? I mean, she has all the skills to be a world champion. She she's tasted gold before in Invicta FC, and she's you know she's tasted gold before, so she knows what it takes. Because it's not easy to become a champion, regardless of any other organization that you're in. It's not easy to become a champion. So I mean, she has that mental discipline. She's put all of her skills together in her short run in the UFC so far. And, you know, she's looking nothing short of amazing. I do believe she's coming off of a knockout win as well. So, I mean, she can knock people out too. And she can hit you and, and put you to sleep as well. I mean, the, the likelihood of her putting Amanda Nunes to sleep would, is very low. I mean, that would be one of the fucking craziest ways to win a world title is to knock out the great Amanda Nunes in impressive fashion. The likelihood of that happening, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, Megan Anderson's grappling looked to be very uh very uh solid in the, in the countdown video i mean i haven't really seen too much training videos of it of her and as fans as analysts as podcasters as people who are on the outside speculating and spectating you can only we can only see what we are have access to on the internet and stuff like that but we can also go and watch past fights because at the end of the day when it comes to your flaws and you know your um positives Lots of people are, you're looking at both of them because you get a chance to see it when you're watching the fights. Just like, for example, someone gets taken down multiple times like in their fights. Oh, this guy has bad takedown defense. And it's clear. And, you know, the critics are there. And, you know, obviously they take that criticism to them with them to the gym. And, you know, obviously they're going to sit there and work on the takedown defense, for example. So, I mean, Megan Anderson does everything really well. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting because she's quite taller. And if she can keep it on the feet, if she can, uh, you know, not get sucked into a, a nasty slugfest. And um, with Amanda Nunes, I mean, obviously that's easier said than done. And there's multiple ways that this fight can go. Um, I mean, if the fight goes to the ground, it will be interesting to see how Megan holds up. I mean, she is a big 145-er. Um, I'm not too knowledgeable on if she's went the distance before or how her gas tank is. But Amanda Nunes can grapple. Um, she's good at wrestling as well. She she took Durain Durant Durant Jermaine Durandamy down. Uh, a lot of she, people say that Jermaine had her in a couple of bad spots in that fight too. So I mean elite level striker like Jermaine Durand, I mean, damn, she she is absolutely elite too. I mean, Megan Anderson's a nasty striker too. She's elite. She's she's big, she's strong. Um, she's powerful, she's fast, so, I mean, it's a, that's a very, very viable challenge for Amanda Nunes, and I'd say that this is a fight that, you know, we've been wanting to see for a very long time, along with, um, unfortunately, we didn't, we probably will never get this one, but, uh, Megan Anderson versus, uh, Chris Cyborg, that was one of the big women's fights that a lot of people wanted to see for a long time, um, now Chris Cyber's over there wrecking shop in Bellator, so we won't get that, but we would get Amanda Nunes defending her 145 pine title against, uh, Megan Anderson, so that, that's gonna be a good one, um, going down to the 135 pound division, we got Peter Yan versus Al Jermaine Sterling, like I said, I mean, what Al Jermaine Sterling has been able to turn his UFC career into, um, from essentially just being a grappler, a wrestler, to, you know, piecing up people who have lifetimes of experience on the feet, I mean, 
Pedro Munoz, as long as he's been striking for her. Um, I mean, Aljamain Sterling comes in. I mean, he puts a clinic on Pedro Munoz. I mean, he's putting Corey Sanhagen to sleep in, in, easily in the first in the first round. I mean, he he is absolutely elite. And, and Aljamain Sterling's grappling is nasty. His wrestling is, is fantastic. I mean, he gets, he gets your back. I mean, he doesn't let go. I mean, he remains calm. I mean, he just he has great submissions. You know, his strikings come together. And he has nasty submissions, too. I mean, he's going up against a real, uh, obviously, very, uh, very, very, very tough, very powerful, very strong Piotr Yan. And let me just tell you a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Did anyone else get the chill? I, I have a question. Anybody get the fucking chills looking at Piotr Yan just talk? And he just looks so dark and demented and so serious. I mean, his Twitter game is not that that solid. But, you know, his trash talk is, is terrible. But, <coughs> if you're looking at the interview... And you're looking at him talk. <laughs> Excuse me. Oof. I shouldn't hit a pen right between sentences. Jesus Christ. But yeah, so never hit a pen while you're um, in the middle of talking. You know what I mean? But, anyways, guys. Um, like I said, um, Piotr Jan looks absolutely vicious in his training. He looks like you know, he pops. I mean, he carries a lot of power. He's very strong. I mean, those Russian dudes aren't to be messed with or meddled with. He's not a, a walk in the park. I mean, even with his, his weird run to the top to get to the UFC belt... Um, it wasn't weird or anything. It's just, it wasn't, I mean, he didn't have to literally go through the, the fucking, uh, fire like Aljamain Sterling. I mean, we've seen Aljo, um, literally go from, what's it called, you know, like we've, we've seen him develop over the years. So we've been able to see Aljamain Sterling develop over the years and, uh, you know, we really haven't seen, we've seen Peter Yan fight, and if there's people that have seen him before the UFC, then, you know, you're, you're diehard fans, but we, 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 we've seen, uh, we, 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 you see that fucking shit, like a DJ, baby, um, we've seen Peter Yan fight his fights, and, you know, look impressive, I mean, that win over Tetsuro, Tashiro Ishikara, I mean, that knockout over Yara Faber, that's the first time I ever seen Yara Faber get knocked out like that. I mean, he's gotten stopped by TKO, and, you know, we've seen him lose against Barrow and stuff, but um, the first time by TKO, or the second time, um, and then we didn't really see him get knocked out like that. I mean, he, that was, like, perfectly placed, and, you know, Peter Yan's vicious, man, so he's he, he's not a guy who's gonna, should be taken lightly. I think he can knock out Jermaine Sterling out. It's either gonna go one way or the other. I mean, I don't think he's gonna submit out Jermaine Sterling. So, I mean, this fight's either going to go one way or the other for a lot of people. I mean, either Aljamain Sterling's going to come in and put his grappling um, on display, and we'll get to see how durable and how Peter Yan's grappling is against a heavy, heavily uh, credentialed grappler like Aljamain. 
I mean, how much grappling experience does Peter Yan have? How many submission wins does Peter Yan have? Should we Google this stuff? This is this is like one of the things that we. This is one of the helpful parts that you know. Even though something completely different can happen, it's still fun to explore all possible opportunities and all potential outcomes of each and every fight because that's what fight fight fans do. Because we can sit and break down a fight for twenty five to thirty minutes and then boom, that fight ends in six seconds in the first round. Okay. Then what? Okay, so what are we looking at? Peter Yan's Wikipedia. All right, pull that shit up, Siri. He's only three years older than me. Right, four, wait. 28? All right, let's see. So he has his missed martial art <coughs> record. <coughs> Excuse me. Last win, last last year over Jose Aldo. And the fifth round by TKL. <coughs> I don't have a... I don't have a coronavirus. <sighs> but yeah. Three minutes and 24 seconds of the fifth round. And then before that, you fought your I.F. Faber. Before that, be Jimmy Rivera. John Dotson. Douglas Silva DeAndrage. <clears throat> so legitimately, like, I don't know. Because now, now it's different. Now it's completely different. I mean, you can compare opponents, you can p compare performances, and you can p compare who people have fought versus the amount of people this person's fought, or how deep the division was when this guy fought, or, you know, like, people like to make comparisons for the longest time. I mean, we've been doing this for years. I am guilty of doing this myself, talking about, oh, he hasn't fought this many people, so how, like, how in the fuck is this guy gonna beat this person, how in the fuck is this girl gonna beat this person, and it's just about the fight, man, it's not about how many people you fought, I mean, that was the most wildest thing, I mean, one of the biggest times, I say this all the time, if you've listened to the show over the years, or you've known me for over the years, and we've discussed biggest upsets and stuff like that, has to be the Chris Weidman versus Anderson Silva one, man. When I broke that fight down the first time, I was just thinking, I was like, dude, this dude is 9-0 and compared to a guy who had 25-plus, 30-plus fights in MMA and, you know, had been striking for as long as Chris Weidman's has really been alive. You know, not really as, as much as he's been alive, but he's been fighting. I mean, it feels like Anderson Silva's a million times older than older than him when it came to experience. I mean, Anderson was already a world, a multiple-time uh, record-setting world champion at that time. And just, Chris had nine fights, dude. He literally had, like, nine fights, and he was able to knock Anderson Silva out and then go along to win the middle, middleweight belt, win the rematch, defend against Machida, defend against Belfort. Impressive fashion. I mean... It's, it's crazy because it's like you can't just yeah like uh, why I talked about Chris Weidman and why I had brought him up was because it's like you know you look at the amount of people Peter Jans fought I mean look at his his UFC record is is heavily impressive he has uh what is it two win two wins by decision yeah two wins by decision wait no 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 scratch that three wins by decision TKO Dr. Stoppage, that was against Andrade, and then he knocked out Uriah Faber, and he knocked out um, Josie Aldo. I mean, hey, regardless of the people he's fought, if he comes in and knocks out Aljamain Sterling, that's, you know, that's another impressive win. I mean, maybe he just, 
doesn't need to fight a bunch of people to prove that he's good. But if you look at the people Al Jermaine Sterling's fought in the UFC and the, the craziest, uh, the crazy ride that he's had so far in the UFC, you'll, uh, you'll understand it a little bit more. Um, I mean, for him, it's like he's been the young crown champion. I mean, people are talking about Santa Hagen being the champ or being the next champion and all that. But, you know, we can't think about Santa Hagen's rise to UFC gold without thinking about Aljamain Sterling first because he holds a win over him. And I'm not going to ignore this next thought that just popped in my head right now. Um, there's no, I mean, how does TJ Dillashaw fit in the mix? I mean, I've been seeing his name in the mix for a while. A lot of people are talking about wanting to fight him next. And I mean, some few, a lot, a lot of people have been calling him out. I mean, Marlon Vera has been calling him out. Um, Jose Aldo has been calling him out. Um, Corey Sanhagen has been calling him out. I mean, everybody wants to fight TJ Dillashaw. I mean, he's a, who's the last band and white champion before, uh, Henry Cejudo. Um, obviously never lost the bantamweight title. He went down to flyweight and tried to take Henry Cejudo's title, but he lost, unfortunately, in the first round. Um, but he never lost the belt. He vacated it, um, and obviously had his issues with Yushada and stuff like that. So, I mean, the 135-pound division is super stacked. I mean, with Sanhagen in the mix, and you got, like, you know, you still got, you know, there's a still a, a pop of real good guys right now, man. It's going to be interesting, and I'm really, really excited for it, and I'm fortunate that it is this Saturday, and we're super excited to be able to talk. We're obviously here talking about it, like, the, the Monday of before the Saturday. Um, we're literally talking about, like, a week before. Like, this is generally the day everybody comes out with their podcasts and stuff, so it's going to be very, very exciting. Um, so... We have a really good card this weekend, so we should take a look at who else is on the card. Anybody, like, any good fights? I mean, I'm really excited to see this one, man. I'm, I'm not going to fucking be able to see it live. But, um, hey, we can talk about it, and I will be, uh, we, I will be watching it closely. And just, you know, it's, it's about the experience. It's about watching it, man. And obviously, there's something to be said about watching fights live, and there's an <coughs> unimaginable experience about being able to watch it happen in real time and react when other people react just knowing everybody's looking at the screen going oh my god depending on what happened and you know when people seeing connor knock out jose aldo worldwide i'm pretty sure the fucking the the fucking uh response was wild okay so starting off the main card for ufc 259 will be tiago santos versus alexander rakic that fight takes place at light heavyweight um at lightweight, big, 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 important fight for a lot of a lot of fans are very, very excited for this one. Um, Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. Islam Makachev, the next version of Khabib. I mean, DC said that um, Daniel Cormier said that uh, Islam beats Khabib in pure wrestling. That's wild for DC to say that anybody beats Khabib because you look at like how good Khabib is and how nobody's really seem to have the code to beat this guy and he says islam makachev could be that guy it'll be interesting man we'll, we'll have to see how dominant he looks um a little bit more pop in his hands and i'd say a little bit better striker than i'd say than khabib i mean i don't want to say that i mean it's who, who knows man it, it, it's probably 50 50 but uh yeah but freaking islam makachev can punch pretty hard from what i've seen 
very vicious, very uh, phenomenal fighter, very exciting fight that's coming up too. So um, we got starting it out, starting it off. It will be in the light heavyweight division, and it will actually end in the light heavyweight division. And is it easy? Uh, no, is it's not. Um, I was gonna say, is it early to say that that's a contender fight? It's it's, it's a potential contender, Rakic versus Santos. But we've still got Glover Teixeira in the mix, and we still don't know what's going to happen in the Israel versus uh, Blahovich fight. So um, we'll have to see what happens, obviously, first. But, you know, I, I, I like to make matchups sometimes, and I know for the longest time I go with the rightful fights. I talk about which fights should be the rightful ones. But it comes to, like, Fights that I want to see based off of just personal opinions and views. I mean, I'd love to see Tiago Santos. If Tiago Santos fights Jan Belhovich and he fought him this weekend instead of Israel Adesanya, dude, we'd have Tiago Santos being a light heavyweight champion. And he could be the one that could be the light heavyweight champion. Obviously, stumbled a couple uh in his... What was this, his last fight? Who did he last fight? I know he stumbled in it. The Glover to Shara fight. It was a rear naked choke. But, um, I mean, obviously that shows you how damn good Glover to Shara is. Maybe Glover to Shara is the motherfucking uncrowned champion. He beat the boogeyman who beat um, Jan Blachowicz. Tiago, uh, the reason why I was going to advocate for Tiago Santos was because he actually slept, uh, what is it? He slept um, Jan Blachowicz in an impressive fashion, too. So, I mean, hey. But then Glover Teixeira beat Tiago Santos. So Glover Teixeira, arguably, and is, in my opinion, should be the next guy to fight for the title. It just depends, like I said, about the heavyweight thing the other day, too. What happens when um, What happens when Jan loses or wins? What does he want to do next? Notice I said loses or wins because we're very open-minded here. We don't like to just... you know. St I mean, I don't just, unfortunately, just think about one 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 fighter and there's one sidedly think about an outcome of a fight no we've got to think about every single outcome because this this sport is crazy and we've seen that for years to come the sport is fucking crazy so it's gonna be interesting to see what the fuck happens especially in the main event um uh we can go backwards because there has been some things that i didn't really get to talk about some interesting topics um we got a couple other really interesting things um on the show still um so surreal gan defeated um jarzino rosenstrike um also i thought jarzino rosenstrike would uh put that one in the bag not because surreal gan's not a absolutely elite level striker he looked phenomenal People want to trash his performance, but it was a safely contested fight. And it reminded me of a John Jones fight. Like, you know, John Jones wins and he's very safe and very technical and, you know, obviously makes mistakes sometimes. But, you know, what champions don't? I mean, I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying John Jones fights safer. He just, you know, he fights to win and, you know, he he is a champion in all fairness. Um, and Surreal Gan, obviously received a lot of criticism for his win over Jarzinho, but, um, you know, 
a lot of people get upset when uh, the heavyweights don't deliver. I mean, the only other time I remember looking at a heavyweight fight, and I was just like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible, was the Francis versus Derek Lewis fight. As did many other people, pretty sure. I'm pretty fucking sure everybody else thought the same thing. I mean, we almost want to pretend that fight didn't happen. How about how about we do that? We just pretend it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can convince myself that it didn't happen either. So uh, we'll continue along with that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, there's a log jam in heavyweight. So, I mean, Derek Lewis makes sense for him next. If you can beat uh, Capstone and Derek Lewis and avoid that nasty power of Lewis... I mean, we have a real problem with Cyril Gann here fighting in the heavyweight division. I mean, he could fight the winner of, uh, he could fight uh, in a title fight, obviously, um, in the near future, you know, with these amazing performances, like I said. But uh, for these streaking heavyweights, uh, I do feel that that Junior Dos Santos fight that Cyril Gann just had wasn't super long ago. And now he's he got that opportunity against Rosenstrike. So I'd say like to keep the consistency up. Keep 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 being consistent, and um get another get another uh big win under your books. I mean, when you get certain people that are in main events, like there's there's people like that. There's people like, like there's people you don't want to see in any other fights other than main events and title fights. Is Surreal Gan one of those people? But uh, no, I I just I would like to see him in another main event, maybe against Derek Lewis. Like I said, there's nothing happening. Um, there's nothing happening at heavyweight right now. There's nothing exciting happening in heavyweight other than the heavyweight rematches coming up. I mean, there's nothing exciting happening other than the heavyweight title rematch. But also moving forward, you can't just call for a title shot. You have to wait. Because not only hasn't Francis fought Stipe for the second time, we just don't know what's going to happen in this day and age of this crazy sport. Do I have a missed call? Who's a missed call from? Scam likely. Who fucks number that? I don't know. What does scam likely mean? <laughs> it's funny how your phone knows a potential scam likely. Um... But yeah, man, I, I'd go for the Jarzinho, uh, not Jarzinho, excuse me. How about this? You you want to do some fun, uh, some fun heavyweight matchmaking right now? How about this? Since they mentioned his name, Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Alistair Overeem two, and Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gann. I like that. Derek Lewis. Um, yeah, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gann. That's an interesting one. Would be nice. Seth Rogen has started a weed company called Houseplant. His weed will be available in California next week. Ooh. I'm going to assume it's that I really love weed, but what you probably don't know about me is that I have been working on my own weed company for the last 10 years, and we are finally ready to launch in America. It's called Houseplant. 
And uh, what we're doing is bringing you the best strains of weed that have been hand-picked. And by that, I mean hand-smoked by me. <laughs> um, it's just the weed that I love that I want to be smoking. It comes in these adorable little tins. We have an orange one for sativa, a purple one for indica, and it even stacks. Another thing we're doing is making beautiful house goods for people who smoke weed. We have things like this block table lighter, which is a table lighter with an ashtray for the lid. I lose my lighters all the fucking time, but no more, because this dude is hard to lose. This is just the beginning. This That's is honestly off my life's way. work, and I've never been more excited about anything. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Damn, it's cool. Damn, that's pretty cool. I like it. I mean, I want to try some Seth Rogen's weed. <coughs> I wonder how that works. Like, is it, um, like, are, which shops are going to get it? Is it only going to be, like, mainstream, like, like, in Los Angeles or something? I don't know. I mean, it depends, but I mean, I'd like to get some of that. I mean, there's, it's cool when, uh rappers and stuff come out with their own weed it's easy i mean you could literally come out with your own weed just grow it and then you know obviously cure it and put whatever flavors it is it's pretty easy <laughs> damn this is cool damn so he said, he said, I'm going further in the the tweets, and he's showing, uh, it says, this is our pancake ice sativa. All strains are named after weather systems like we did with Pineapple Express. Our pancake ice is what I smoke all day. It's over 33% THC. Now, like, I... I I want to like I really want to try some higher grade stuff like I know that like there's lots of people out there that will go and try to you know obviously fortunately for their wallet it's a lot better and more convenient for them but they go for the cheaper stuff like the stuff oh, like how much shit can I get in the weed store today or how much can I get for a hundred dollars worth of of cannabis related products or just weed and you know obviously like I said you want to go for the best deals because you know obviously if you are one of those people who like to save money, then notoriously for you, that's a better thing. But, you know, like after a while, like for me, um, there's one thing I was going to talk about too. Um, with these pens and cartridges and shit like that, after so long, um, like I don't get immune to them. I just don't get as high when I hit them. Like I said, when I, when I hit like, like for example, I have my Stizzy. I don't remember what fucking flavor it is because I have all the boxes and shit like that, and this one doesn't really have, like, a crazy distinct flavor, but I, have, like, literally have it in my hand right now, like, it's in between my fingers, but, um, yeah, so it's just, ooh, this one's way more smoother, it's just, like, after a while, I don't, I, I like, I lose, like, I don't lose my tolerance, like, I have, I have a lot of tolerance, but, like this the the pen will no longer get me as high as it once did. It'll get me high and it'll do the job and it's better 99% of the time than nothing at all. 
It's still real good shit, but I, I just feel like there's there's some better shit out there. Like, I want to find some better shit. Can someone point me to, like, like I want to make sure that the, the shops have it. I would hate to get pointed to something that I got excited about that the shops didn't have. But um, I want to, like, I want to hear, I want to see some good shit. I want to find, like, I want to uh, explore some new shit. That would be kind of fun. Another thing to do in 2021 is really focus on different kinds of cannabis consumption, if that makes sense. Is that the right placement of words? Um, cannabis consumption. I want to, like, specifically focus on on the types and strains and stuff because like for example indica hybrid you get different outcomes you get different uh things that you know you use them for and the last time that i went in the fucking uh, shop i think it was the time it was last time or the time before last time but um i was like i what did i i told the lady i was like i want to be able to still function because i told her i was like i was completely honest i was like I would like to still, like, move around and do shit. Like, I still want to be able to move around and do shit. I don't want to have to be stuck or glued to my chair or anything like that. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to, like, be lazy and have to force myself to get up. No, like, dude, I hit this pen all the time. Any, throughout the day, dude, I'm just, there's never really a time where I'm not high throughout the day and it's like it it's the perfect i mean it's a perfect kind of high i'd say like the only big flaw i have while being high is being nervous getting too nervous thinking too much overthinking and putting thoughts in my head that i really shouldn't or you know not just managing my thoughts right sometimes like i feel like i get nervous not in large crowds but just like dude i don't I I don't really like, I like people, but I don't like people at the same time. So it's like, you know, when there's large groups of people, I just get claustrophobic, man. I like my space. I'm used to being free, moving all my limbs and just not being so stiff. You know what I mean? When you're like in tight spaces or like, for example, in, in a car, like, you know, like a normal, you know, four door car and you got three people sitting in the back, one person in the front, one driver, Dude, it can get crammed up in there, man. Especially if you're like the motherfucker that's sitting in the middle. I mean, you guys ever like have any uh, people like you ever sat in the middle of a car? That's like literally what it feels like when you're when you're um, what's it called? Uh, when you're just like crammed up in the car. I think I'm getting kind of high. <laughs> it's like I can't even like speak straight. <laughs> no, here we go. Um, yeah, that's kind of like what it's like. But other than that, like. I'd say I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty chill, man. I get pretty chill. I work good. I mean, time seems to go by faster. Is that weird to say that? Like, time seems to go by faster, or I really just don't think about time? <laughs> like, I eliminate, like, time. It just feels like the entire day feels like a fucking movie. It doesn't feel real. Like, it does, none of this shit ever feels real, like, to me. It just feels like a dream. It's just wild, man. It's fucking wild. <laughs> like, it's just... Like, you do the same thing every day, but if you like your job or like what you do, then I guess it's not gonna... um, It's not gonna... Uh, what's it called? Get boring? Because you can get better each and every day, so... um, 
that's how I feel. I mean, like I had a period in time when I would get like that, but you know, I'm really, I'm not really like that anymore. I mean, I like, I just want to make sure that I do something and do things that I like to do in order to keep happy. But that's a completely different topic. Let's get back to what we're talking about with the weed. So yeah, I, um, I, I get paranoid sometimes. Like sometimes if I'm, if I have anxiety, like real bad anxiety, dude, it's like, oh my God, I'll get so fucking nervous. And there's just certain times of certain moods and stuff where it, it won't, it won't affect me, but there's times where it, it, it weed will like affect me like, or not weed, but like, you know, like THC products since I consume pens more than anything. Um, I'll just get like nervous or. You know, maybe there it it freaking shadows and clouds most of my uh, nerves. Like it helps with the nerves, but if it's like something super bad or super like nerve wracking, dude, I just still won't do the job. I mean, that's one of the reasons why. Uh, when I said that, it made me think of like you know when people are trying to tell you to go to counseling if you have like a problem and shit like that. Uh, you'd be like, yeah, I'll go there. Or, I'll take pain medicine or uh, antidepressants or whatever the fuck it is you call it that the people take and stuff. Um, but, like, for me, when... There would be, like, a couple times where I had people try to, like, suggest me those. And, um... Or tell me to do counseling. Just, like, a long-ass time ago, you know. I, because I'd be one to... I'm one to talk about my thoughts openly about a lot of stuff. And I'm very outspoken about lots of things so you know when you're thinking too much things and you just your head's all over the place and stuff people tend to get a little wild they try to suggest you to do stuff so I got suggested one time to like do counseling it was when I was in freaking like middle school or something like that and I was just thinking I was like like I was thinking it's like what the fuck like how are you gonna how can you tell somebody to like do that like and then you know oh the counselor is going to make it better or your therapist is going to make it better or whatever it is you're going through like you're going through some shit or you whatever it is you know it's like it, whatever I was going through wasn't anything that I needed to talk to anybody about it was I mean throughout my years of being a teenager to you know adulthood there's been nothing but myself that has been my limit. You're yourself. You're you. You're your own limit. You're 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 able to do so many things. I mean, the ceiling. You know, obviously, the sky is the motherfucking limit in the planet and uh, your life. I and mean, you can do so much and accomplish so many opportunities. So throughout those years, I was just living life like every other human being. Um, what whatever it is that I was told to go to counseling or talk to therapists about. You know, because people, um tend to say that you know when they don't understand what you're going through or what you what you've gone through or what you face and the adversities and everything else under the sun and uh you know that's why I really would never talk about certain stuff with people because if I feel like they don't, I have a deep understanding of life and um the mentality of life and and being tough and understanding people and and knowing when to say stuff and knowing what people are going through, being able to offer advice, is being a helping hand for people emotionally, verbally, and physically if need be, right? So I've had a huge understanding of life. I've had a deep impact and, and deep thought process about a lot of things throughout life. And 
for people not to understand that is, is the crazy part because you know you got to realize something here I'm on a completely different level when it comes to things mentally, when it comes to understanding and seeing life the way that I see it and understanding things and being able to go through things and come back from them, being able to set plans up, multiple plans. If one doesn't work, I got another plan. If this happens, I'll do this. I have plans for everything. I set myself up. I understand information. I understand people's body language. I understand lots of different things. I mean, I'm un uh, not to be underestimated in a lot of ways. So like growing up, I just focused on psychology, sociology. So it's like, you know, a lot of people didn't understand me. So what brought me to say that was the fact that I had already known so much fucking knowledge in my world, and I just knew that, what the fuck are pills gonna do for me? I mean, Advil PMs, yeah, they work, but they knock me out, but as in a pill to stop your your anxiety or your depression, that's not even, what? I mean, if there's people out there that do take those and they do work, by all means, salute to you, I just think they don't work for me. Because like I, like I was saying about the weed, for example, after a while, I start to get immune to it, man. It just, it doesn't do what it used to uh, do before. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't do what it used to do. And that seems to happen with lots of other things unless I keep up in the dosages and whatever it is that I'm consuming. Alcohol, however, shit, that shit will catch up and hit me right in the freaking mouth right at the end for sure when it comes to like parties and wild wild shit and stuff i get crazy when we get when we have parties not literally crazy but dude i can drink a lot and then it all seems to hit me right in the motherfucking end so that's one of the worst parts about it um i don't even know where we fucking oh for like all the we're talking about weed and then we talked about overthinking and then you know thought processes and stuff but you know i've just always had like an extraordinary mind in heavy, heavy aspirations for a lot of stuff in life, so, um, I really just, you know, I've always been like that, just have had better control, um, I have better control over my emotion and my thoughts, and where I should put my energy into, and where I shouldn't put my energy into, because if you guys knew what I knew, and just like, you know, if you follow my snaps and stuff, or snapchats and instagrams and stuff, you can follow those over on, um, kwtk pod as well as um obviously g meeker underscore mma on snapchat too if you were interested but you know a lot of the quotes a lot of the stuff that i post are things that i've felt feel and have felt in the past and have gone through and can relate to I mean, it's like i'm very observant when it comes to life and um i look pay and i pay look and keep tabs on life and keep very close attention and pay close attention to everything that happens you know your life lessons what you've gone through mistakes you made how to avoid those mistakes and you know very uh, dedicated to accomplishing greatness and being phenomenal in life and i think for me i'm i'm assuming and i'm i'm you know advocating for other people to feel the same you should always want to be better than you were yesterday you should always want to go after greatness. You should always want to be better at whatever it is you're doing. Like I said about the shirts earlier, I wasn't comfortable more times than anything than the final time I nailed it. That's a perfect example of it. 
And there's many more examples in life where you just want to be the best at something or be perfect at something or not be 100% satisfied. It happens, man. It happens to the best of the people. So um, just always go forward and um, just never, like, never stop. Don't put any limits on anything that you do. It's, it's pretty wild, man. Like I said, we go... We shift subjects so much, but it's so fun. Everything has a purpose, and it's a huge thought process. It's a huge cloud of different types of information. That's the way I describe this, literally. Huge clouds of information being talked about and consumed in an hour or less on this podcast. We're going to record a new commercial, and we're gonna that, that shit's going to be wild. Don't worry. Get ready for that. It's going to be pretty fun. And the graphics, too, for the podcast look real good, too. So I'm really appreciative of that. So before we get out of here today, ladies and gentlemen, I did say we were going to do some fight picks for UFC uh, 259. Let's see. So we're going to do some fight picks for UFC 259. So bear with me. Let's pull up the card yet again. All right, here we go. So, yo, we, 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 this is a huge card, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fights, but we're not going to talk about any of the other. Obviously, we got to talk about the, the return of the former champion, Dominic Cruz. He takes on Casey Kenny. Um, it's the first time I've seen Dominic Cruz on a prelim and not fighting in a championship level fight in a very long time, but I'm picking Dominic Cruz to take out, take out Kenny, Casey Kenny by unanimous decision. I'm pretty confident with that one. Um... Just because I'm a big fan of Dominic Cruz, huge fan of his mindset, the way he's able to break things down. Obviously, his fighting style for the longest time was such the hardest thing and so confusing for so many people, and they couldn't figure it out ever. So that's what made him so successful was his movement and you know the lack of damage that he's taken throughout his entire career. So obviously, like I said, he makes a huge addition to that uh, division at 135 pounds with a win. You know, he splashes right into the the top. Uh, the talk topic and then talks of title shots for sure, definitely with a win. Um, I do think that he puts himself in a good position for that. Okay, so starting it off at light heavyweight, Tiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. I'm gonna pick an underdog win, ladies and gentlemen. Here, so it's gonna be ah, ah I'm so excited. You know, you know me. I I talked heavily about Tiago Santos. Um, heavily favored him. Um, to obviously, like I said, if you fought. Jan Blachowicz, he would have knocked him out probably this Saturday. I mean, he knocked out the champion, Jan Blachowicz, in an amazing fashion. Yeah, Glover Teixeira beat him by submission, but I would favor somebody who has a win by knockout or a win over a, a win by submission. Because, like, if you knock somebody out, dude, you're separating them from their senses versus, you know, tapping them out or making them tap. Or, essentially, it's a badass if you put them to sleep. But if you're just, oh, yeah, I'm going to tap out. Like, that's cool. You got to win by submission. That's fine. You, you you dominated somebody in a different aspect. But, dude, knockouts, everybody loves knockouts. Tiago Santos has a dominant knockout over Jan Bohovic. That's a feather in his cap. That's an ego booster for me. But, alas, ladies and gentlemen, as hyped up as I just got you for Tiago Santos, my underdog pick, I'm going with Alexander Rakic. Upset win over Tiago Santos, and that will mark two straight losses for the Brazilian former title challenger. Um, 
Starting it off at a lightweight, Islam Makachev. Ooh, that's such a good fight. Don't underestimate Drew Dober because Drew Dober is one of those guys, too, that slowly but surely put his his work together. The <laughs> last three wins by knockout. Knocked out Alexander Hernandez in his last one. His knockout over Nasharad Haparash at UFC 246. Oh, my God. That one was fucking nasty, dude. He earned a performance in the night bonus. I was like a minute and 10 seconds in the first round, too, if I believe. Beat Marco Polo Reyes. I mean, everybody's lost to Benil Dariusha as of late, so there's no shame in that. So really, dude, look at look at the streak that Jude, Drew Dober's had in his last... Let, let's take a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, other than Efren Escadero, Olivier Oba Mercier, and Benil Dariusha, he hasn't lost anyone else. I mean, his last win was over... Uh, was uh, over Alexander Hernandez, and then before that, Nasharad, like I said... And obviously, the last loss he had was Benio Dariush. But before that, he uh, was on a three-fight winning streak. And then before that, uh, he lost to Oban Mercier. And then he was winning. You know, so he's been winning consistently. So it's not that he's um, he's not he's losing to some of the really best guys in the world. And he doesn't lose often. So uh, Drew Dober is on a hot streak. And Drew Dober has knockout power in both hands and his feet. I mean, he, he is nasty, man. He's he's a good striker. And he's underwhelming, too. That's the best part about him. It's underwhelming, but we, he puts his stuff together. He puts his combinations together so well. His patience, his IQ, he's so patient and relaxed. He puts that together and he blitzes you. He knocks you out in vicious fashion. That's exactly what he did. And that's what, exactly what he does. Dude, that Nasharad Haparash fight. Can we pull that one up real quick? We're not going anywhere. We don't need to go anywhere if we don't need to. I mean, I do have work in an hour and 30 minutes, I do believe. Yeah, four. Yeah, hour and 30 minutes. But who gives a fuck? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end this shit hot. Where's that Nasharad uh, Dober versus... I'm going to pull that up. I know I could type that in on ESPN and probably find it. Uh, oh, here we go right here. Oh, dude. ESPN Plus always comes together. Oh. That scared the fuck out of me. Dude, Jude Ober's a motherfucker. Jesus Christ, he's a fucking good. This was UFC 246. I don't want to watch the introductions. Drew Dober is very fast too, and he throws with fucking he throws with fucking power with nasty intentions too, and he's fighting. He's very light on his feet too, so he, he, I know his wrestling is going to get very much tested in the fight with Islam. As well as the striking, but I feel like he's one of the best strikers in that division. So it's going to be interesting to see how Islam, um, how Islam hangs with with him on the feet. Because uh, if Judo Ober can keep keep that wrestling uh, sharp and avoid the takedowns and everything that that Islam does, that's dangerous. Was probably grappling similarly to Khabib. His grappling and his wrestling 
and is that is uh is superior to lots of people i mean khabib's second to none when it comes to being one of the best oh i just missed it oh oh kind of looks like Brian Ortega's distant cousin or something. Hold on, look. look. They call Nasrat the German Calvin Gastelum. Let's go back and see that shit again. I was talking, I was talking out loud. What happened? Here we go. Ulana, nasty left hand counter. Dropped him. Oh, it's over. So he's beating his face in the canvas. Jesus Christ, Drew Dober. Can he take out it? Islam Makachev though? I mean, that's a big, big, big win if he's able to. That's a that's a very uh that's a very very big win for him if he's able to get that job done. That's a big ask, especially when it comes to Islam. But the difference between uh Khabib and Islam is that, and for fight fans and stuff like that, is we've seen Islam lose before. We haven't seen Khabib lose before, so. I can't put myself in that mind space to say that Islam is similar to Khabib yet. You know what I mean? Who was it? Was it Adriano Martins that um, beat, was the one time that uh, Islam lost? Let's, I want to see that a, a million bucks in the bank. Uh, I'm, I'm betting myself 10 bucks that, that that's a loss. That's the loss who he, only loss he's had in the UFC. Let me see that. Yes, it was. Ha-ha! I remember. My mind serves me right. And the last time he lost was 2015. Very long time ago. But he hasn't really been that active. I mean, he fought. he's fought in twice in 2019. Didn't get to fight in 2020. Um, twice in 2018. Once in 2017. Once in 2016. Two times in 2015. <coughs> Not relatively active. Was the Davi Ramos fight uh, dominant? Did he beat Davi Ramos um, in convincing fashion? I mean, I want uh, you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, he knocked out Gleason Tebow. I forgot about that. One minute in the first round. Jesus. I mean, he can pop too, but it, I'd bank it nine times out of ten uh, when it comes to people who have better striking. I'd say Drew Dober has better hands than anybody in that, um, not anybody in that division, but if it comes to um, hands and stuff like that, I'd say Drew Dober has the striking advantage when it comes to that. So it'll be interesting to see if he can stop the wrestling, stop the takedowns, and you know, uh, keep a fight on the feet and keep it relatively a 50-50 fight. Because when you're on the feet... It's a 50-50 fight. I mean, you know, anything can happen. Punches can land, kicks can land, knees. The likelihood of Judober getting knocked out by Islam is relatively low in my opinion. But I do think that the relatively uh, high percentage of Judober winning by knockout is important too. I mean, it's high too. And, and you know, we could see, we, we'll see what happens. An interesting fight though. We'll get to see how that one is. I like how detailed we got into that one. That was a, that's what I like. So what other fights do we got on this card? So let's go back right down, uh, back to UFC 258, the lineup. Um, hmm? 
So Drew Dober is on the main. Yeah, yeah, he's on the main card. So that's a that's the second fight on the main card. And then after Drew Dober, we got we started off at bantamweight with Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. So um, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we were gonna make fight picks. So um, I'm gonna go with Drew Dober to upset the great Islam Makachev um, because it's a huge story. It's a huge underdog story. I'm very confident in my underdog picks. And just for I don't put them down on paper anymore because I can't sign into my verdict account, and I haven't been able to you know I haven't had the time to really look at my username and try to remember which one it is and which million of passwords is the right password for it and my email and shit. So I haven't really been putting them pen to paper. But all right, so we got um, I'm picking Alexander Rakic to beat Tiago Santos, picking Jude Dober to beat Islam Makachev. Ah, huge ask. I'm picking Aljamain Sterling. I'm not. I'm not very comfortable with that pick yet. I just don't feel confident because it's such a really entertaining fight. It's such a 50-50 man. You never know what's gonna happen. But I'm gonna pick Aljamain Sterling to add a UFC belt to his uh, mantle to also add to the list of African champions. I mean, he'll be joining Israel Adesanya and Kamaru Usman as a world champion, African born world champion and uh, megan anderson versus um amanda nunez man i've got to go with the champion amanda nunez i think she adds another win to her her amazing legacy and continues to beat every single person that comes in, in front of her um I, I mean if it's not an exciting fight i i believe amanda obviously will do everything she needs to win and use her wrestling use her her amazing grappling and and you know obviously we've seen holly holm do that with megan anderson so i mean obviously if you want to look at megan anderson's losses and pick out potential holes for her if you're studying to fight her then you know obviously you look at all potential outcomes and stuff like that so i believe amanda nunes is prepared to win and i believe that she will win i think i think she takes her out by unanimous decision megan anderson's very tough and i'm pretty sure that she can hang in if she's not getting finished and stuff like that so um I'm picking Amanda Nunes, um, and still, and for the Bantamweight one, obviously, like I said, so it's one and one so far, I think one champion will lose their belt, I think one champion will defend, um, Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya, uh, you obviously know who I'm going with, I'm going to go with Israel Adesanya, but uh, a massive underdog pick would be to, uh, pick Jan Blachowicz, man, but I feel very, very confident in both, um, my underdog picks, which, Alexander Rakic and Dudober and Algerian Sterling, obviously, on underdog pick, too, um, for me and my, my head, personally. Israel Adesanya gets the job done and is a new UFC light heavyweight champion, and he goats John Jones into a fight later on. Is that a wild thing to say? No, but if he's a man of light, if, if Israel Adesanya wins, he's a man of two divisions, and he's a champion of both divisions. And those divisions are popping right now, both middleweight and light heavyweight, and they're very active divisions. So, there's going to be a lot of people gunning for Israel Adesanya if he beats Jan Blachowicz on Saturday night. So, I mean, fuck, man. It creates a huge story versus Jan Blachowicz just beating Israel, maybe. And then Israel going back down to middleweight. I mean, Jan Blachowicz will continue to... He'll continue to fight the contenders at 205. It won't be nearly as exciting. But if Israel wins... Then he sets up multiple fun fights, both at 185 and at 205, and maybe even heavyweight. He said he moved up to heavyweight and fought kickboxing at heavyweight too. So, 
It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. So I'm very, very excited and I'm very happy to be able to have came in here and got a little bit more deeper into talking about UFC 259, ladies and gentlemen. I think that will be it for our shows. I'm very fucking excited, honestly. Like I said, I'm wearing the official Kicking with the King uh, podcast t-shirt. So uh, moving forward, we will be um, obviously back in the designing booth, the designing lab, as I like to call and um, obviously, like I said, you got to take notes. I mean, I'm going to brainstorm and see uh, some of the stuff that's coming out, some of the ideas. And, you know, put pen to paper. But like I said, it's going to take about a couple months to really put together. I mean, this was a huge milestone in the beginning. Um, obviously, like I said, we're, no, we're not new to podcasting and stuff. The new graphics are awesome. And, you know, the sound quality has gotten better. I'm looking at getting some more micro, uh, another microphone, too. So that will be uh awesome and exciting too so we're, we're going to do big things for the show we're going to continue to keep doing that um and like i said I mean, it takes a while so like i said i'm very keen to do the uh very keen to do the women's uh tank tops and you know a few more of the original you know tees because these ones are real badass so i'd like to see i like to see a lot more of these so these are these are real cool i really like the the first draft of them they're actually they're really really fucking good high quality too i mean the the lettering it's just fucking wild to see it right in front of me like create i created it man. I, like literally like i didn't create it obviously the team professionally created it but you know i designed it and you know took my time to put it all together so wow what a crazy way, I mean, what a crazy way to um, start off the year, so I said so much more stuff's gonna come out this year, and we're gonna work on all those designs, and, and go back to the designing booth, and design the next um, draft of Kicking With The King podcast shirts, and we're gonna expand and see all the other options and products we could put out, stuff too, and we'll set up our, our store, and all that stuff too, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, quickly before we get out of here, we are our available on spotify podcast exclusively you can listen to us stream us download us if you have spotify premium our, our show is available everywhere you get your shows as well if you don't have spotify if you're not familiar with it or if you don't use it it's available on apple iHeartRadio, everywhere else you get your shows ladies and gentlemen google podcast as well too so um it's not hard to find us we're available everywhere you go everywhere you get your shows you can follow us on social media as well kwtk pod on instagram and twitter as well um g the king underscore official on instagram as well um a uh, real g the king i was gonna say official g the king real g the king on twitter um you can follow us everywhere you get your shows as well like share rate review if you get the chance and the options ladies and gentlemen so without further ado um we will be here um we will be here on we will return um on wednesday for sure we'll be back on wednesday um for another uh, great edition of the show ladies and gentlemen so without further ado i keep saying that without further ado this is episode 329 and this is gabriel hernandez signing off officially ladies and gentlemen dj turn it up it's your turn baby we're out of this bitch bye folks
I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Gonna get lit, music allowed is nothing but hits. If I hop on it, then know what you get. I just go in like the fit with switch. I come to party, gonna get lit, music allowed is nothing but hits. If I hop on it, then know what you get. I just go in like the fit with switch.